This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is omegamanradio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons, tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Good afternoon, Sister Betsy. How are you doing? I am doing well. Hey, great to have you back on. Everybody, welcome back. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, we're back live today. Uh, Today is Monday, October 30th, 2023. Boy, how close we are to 2024. This year is almost over. Yeah. Well, praise God. Sister Betsy, you want to open us in prayer? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to hear your great words of comfort, reassurance, hope, faith, and our trust is in you, Lord, and we thank you that you are the only one who is not a liar amongst mankind. (laughs) So we rejoice in your true holy word. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Betsy, welcome back, and the mic is yours. Take it away. Okay. Well, in our continuing study, and I always have the the main title as the goodness of God toward us, the subtitle that I gave today is, What Causes Us to Rejoice? And in Psalm 33, verse 18, it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, and that word fear is reverence, that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. I mean, God's word is full of amazing promises, and we need only to live into those promises, to believe his promises. And right here, in this first opening line, is a promise that as we hope in him, whom we have great reverence for, he will deliver us from, keep us alive in time of famine, and our soul waits for the Lord. It it says he is our help and our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Now, so what is God saying here? We know from God's word that hope is something that is not seen. 
And in one place he says, so why would a man hope for something that is seen? That, that's not hope. Hope is something that is not seen. He's telling us to trust in something that we do not see. So to rejoice in something that we do not see. This is so contrary to life in the natural. And there is such a vast difference between the natural and the spiritual. We, we don't look at things in the natural as absolute because God's word is more absolute than the things that are, that are going on in the natural. And so we, we know from God's word that hope is something that is not seen. And he's telling us to trust in something we don't even see. So to rejoice in something that we don't even see is really an amazing endeavor. And what is this that we do not see? What is it that he's asking us to hope in that we do not see? And it's like... What a revelation that God gave me in the simplicity of his word. The thing that we hope in that we do not see is his word because we can't see words. Words are invisible. Nobody could speak their words out of their mouth and put them in, the, in a jar, put the lid on, put it on the shelf, and see your words in that jar. Because words are invisible, but words are so powerful because he created everything by his word, created light out of darkness, created everything we see by speaking forth his word. And in First Peter, Peter says um, in, in chapter 1, verse 8, um, and this is such an encouragement for us, and he says, he's talking to the, the disciples of Jesus, and he's saying, you, you have not even seen Jesus, and you love him. And, and though you don't even see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And, you know, this reminds me of, um, you know, we all heard of Doubting Thomas, and he was not in the room when Jesus appeared to the other apostles, and Jesus appeared after his resurrection and showed the apostles the prints of the nail marks in his hands and, and, the, and the hole, the scar in his side where the soldier pierced his side, and, but Thomas wasn't there. And the other apostles went to him and said, we have seen the Lord appear to us after his resurrection. And Thomas said, yeah, right, unless I could put my hand in the prints of his hands and put my finger in the hole in his side, I am not going to believe. And guess what? Jesus appeared to him, and Thomas was like, oh, Lord, my God. And Jesus said, because you see, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that is what we call faith. And um, this gift of hope, it's a continuing, ongoing process that keeps us secure and keeps us rejoicing. And in 1 Peter 1.13, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. So picture your mind, right? 
And in that word gird, you think of girdle, right? So picture this, like, like putting a girdle, like, around your mind, like, to keep it in check. He says, be sober and hope to the end for the grace, because of the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And um, in, that, in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, um, it says, because it is impossible for God to lie, we have strong consolation and refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And that hope, our hope does not make us ashamed. And the Apostle Paul said, I mean, we will never be ashamed. We will never be put to shame because of the hope that is within us. And the Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. And in Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament, it says, the just shall live by faith in Habakkuk 2.4. And hope is something that is available to all people who are living. If you're alive, hope is available to you. And in in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, verse 4, it says, For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. And our hope is to be based on the word of the Lord, based on his righteousness. And the only true hope... Now, here's an example of an unrighteous hope that's in God's word. Now, we all know the book of Esther, this really nasty man, his name was Haman. He wanted to kill all the Jews. And, um, and it says, now, in the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, this is in the book of Esther, chapter 9, verse 1, on the thirteenth day of the month, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put into execution, um, in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, <laughs> they were hoping, they had a false hope, because it was not God's will. So their hope was a false hope. They had hoped to have power over them, um, though it was turned to the contrary, as we know, um, that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. And we all know the story, Wicked Haman, he wound up being hung on the gallows that he had erected for Mordecai. And he and his family wound up being executed. Now, if we didn't have God's word, do you know what we would be without? We would be, well, without God and without hope because God is the inventor of hope. And in Psalm 119, verse 114, it says, God's word provides for us a hiding place and a shield. And in Psalm 119, verse 116 says, Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. So the ingredients 
that are within the hope of the Lord are mercy and, and he says, this is the word he used, plenteous redemption. And um, that's in, in Psalm 130, verse 7. And verse 5 actually says, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. So when we meet up with, um, okay, when we meet up with another believer, I mean, I have this experience all the time, and I think all believers do. When you meet up with another believer and you get to talking about the goodness of God, it does it's something within us, you know, and some just rejoices. We, and we rejoice because of the person whose hope is in the Lord. And in Psalm 119.74 it says, They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. And it just causes rejoicing. And the world professes false hope. That's what's out there in the world. Um, what is false hope? False hope is hoping in something that is not based on truth. That's what false hope is. Um, is there, you know, so is, is there anybody saying within themselves, well, what is truth? Well, God's word plainly tells us his word is truth, and that's in John seventeen seventeen. His word is truth. And what, what is absolute his, his word is absolute truth, and that is a truth that does not ever, ever, ever change. It is everlasting. That's what absolute truth is. Facts, on the other hand, can have a quality of truth temporarily and can change at any time according to circumstances. It's a fact that I live in South Jewett, but... That fact could change at some time in the future. So that is not an absolute truth. Um, the world professes the hope of the lottery. I mean, you see how many people buy lottery tickets. I mean, that is based on a false hope. And um, how many people pour out their hope and money into this false hope? Um, and on a larger scale, the inhabitants of the earth are going to, at some point, they're going to be putting their hope and trust into what is going to be the Antichrist. And that is going to be a world leader who is going to dominate in unrighteousness. And God wants us to hope in his promises, even when, in the natural, it truly looks impossible. And there are examples of that. Look at Abraham. He was very old, and Sarah was very old. They were both, Sarah was past the age of childbearing. They were old. They were in their 90s, and, and well past the, the age of child. But yet the Lord spoke to him and said, out of your own loins, you are going to produce the child of promise, and you are going to be a father of many, many, many. And in Romans 4.18, it says of Abraham, 
who against hope, all, everything in the natural was saying, you cannot hope for this promise of God. But it says, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be, the word says. Our faith is based on our unseen hope. And listen to this definition of faith. I love it. It it just doesn't waste any words. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, says, it gives us the actual definition of faith, according to God, telling us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this faith is that which justifies us through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we do have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand in our daily life and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And, and God's promises, he promises us that we will never need to be ashamed of our hope. And I want to give you an example, okay? What it means, okay, Noah. Let's take, take Noah. He had faith. He had the very substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Lord spoke to Noah and said, build me this humongous boat, because this is what's going to happen. I see that the, that the earth is so full of wickedness that it even repents me, that I even made man. This is how upset God was with the evilness in man's heart. And he told Noah, you and your family, the only righteous ones here, and I want you to build this and, he, and, it, and it, you know what? It never even rained before Noah built the ark, but he built it. And what did he have? After he, he had that very substance, it, the people around him saw him building this, and all they, they did was mock him. They mocked him, but yet he kept on building. And he had the evidence of things not seen. He didn't see the flood until, until he finished being obedient. But he did have the substance, and the people around him saw the substance in that ark that he built. And it says, God's, he, he, so we, we're never going to be ashamed of the hope that we have. Because of this blessed hope, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to us. And um, I have uh, Psalm 119, verse 116 there. And um, so listen to this promise. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. And that's in Proverbs 10, 28. This is a promise. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. Now, don't, you know, our righteousness is not our own. It does not come from any good works we could do. I mean, not at all, because the righteousness that we have is the righteousness that we have taken on because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He has imputed unto us his righteousness because we believe what he has accomplished in washing us clean of the sin that we 
inherited from Adam. And uh, here's another one. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and made earth and made the sea and all that therein is, which keeps truth forever. This is what our God does. He keeps truth forever. And in Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, Now, now, the God of hope fill you. I mean, hope. Hope is something that, like I said, comes from God. It's not something that we make up. He's given us, like, exceeding great and precious promises that we can live into and hope in. And he says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us not only to have hope, but to abound in it. And God has given us this amazing gift of hope. Even in times of sorrow, he says, when our loved ones pass on, we don't need to have the same kind of sorrow uh, in the same manner uh, as those who have no hope. Because, uh, you know, there are people who don't believe in the great promises that God has put forth, and God tells us that we will see our loved ones again, those who believe. We will see them again. And, but when, so when our loved ones pass on, who we know are going on to be with the Lord, there is a sting in death, of course, and we mourn, but we don't have to have the same sorrow as those who have no hope because uh, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which died believing in Jesus, God will bring with him into glory. And he says, so comfort one another with these words. And in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us, and has given us everlasting consolation. Everlasting consolation. That's a whole lot of consolation. Everlasting means forever and ever. And he has given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. It's a gift of grace. And he says, comfort your hearts and establish, be established in every good word and work. And just as an invisible concept we call gravity keeps us anchored to the earth so that we don't fly off into outer space, I used to think about that. Like, like so many times you walk, you walk outside your house and you're standing on solid ground and you look up and there's a whole universe above your head and when you think about we are just a little planet 
floating around, I mean, but yet fixed, because God, in his wisdom and mercy, has fixed us in a certain orbit. So that we're just, you know, like this ball that we're on, like, isn't just, you know, flying all over the place, you know, like in a pinball machine. No, he, he has fixed us. He's fixed us. But the thing that blows my mind is that when you walk out and you're standing out on your lawn or out on the street somewhere, you look up and I used to think, like, and I still do, like, what an amazing thing that we're grounded. Like, he grounded us with this invisible force that we have been told is called gravity, whatever it is. We're very happy about it. And he has done all things in the natural to bring us so that we could have a spiritual application. And so also, this hope we have... Think of hope as spiritual gravity. That's what. That's what I think is a good analogy. Our hope is our spiritual gravity that says that our soul is anchored in this. We, we, don't, we, we could have rest to our soul, which is a marvelous thing to have rest in your soul. And the God of hope has filled us with all joy and peace. In what? In believing the simplicity of God's word that we may what? What does he, he wants us to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, he also says, speaking about the power that is within us, he says that he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. I mean, that we may walk in the power, the power that is within us, he has given us. And it's a free gift. And, you know, in, in closing, I found this verse in Psalm 25, verse 5, which says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And when I was reading, I, guide me in your truth, for you, you are God. And the you, the you in that sentence is the same as saying, my hope is in your word. Because he says in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And and so he sent Jesus Christ into this world, as the living word embodied in human flesh. So why? So that we can relate to it. You know, he was always given the glory to his father. And one of, the, one of the, his followers, Philip, said to, said to Jesus, Jesus, 
just show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And Jesus' reply to him was, Philip, have I been so long a time with you, and yet you say, show us, show me the Father? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father, because God put all the fullness of what he is in the being of Jesus Christ. You might say that avatar of God was in the form of Jesus Christ. And he made us in his image. I mean, it's so amazing. And he has given us that same power of his word, to use his word, to saturate ourselves with God's word, because this is where the power is. And it says um, that he sent Jesus Christ to reconcile us back to God, because we are all born not reconciled to God. And it always comes down to the sin factor. There's no getting around it. We're all born, what the word says, dead, spiritually dead in trespasses and sin, not because of anything that we personally have done, but because of we inherited that sin nature from Adam, that earthly Adam who disobeyed. And so we uh, suffered the consequences. But in God's mercy, he sent the second Adam a living spirit. Adam was earthly. Jesus Christ is heavenly. And he sent Jesus Christ to shed his blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And God is a God of order. And the shedding of innocent blood is what he required the high priest to to do that atoning sacrifice. But they had to do it every single year. And it never took away their sin nature. Never. They had to keep doing it. It was just a, a, a ceremony that God instituted as a forerunner of the reality of what Christ was going to accomplish. And he just did the great reversal. Because according to the law of Moses, if you sinned against the law, you were put to death. You know, it didn't, it didn't help the sinner at all. The law actually showed forth the, like a mirror of, of man's sin nature because the law is the knowledge of sin and sin is the knowledge of the law. Like, if I was driving down the street And, you know, all of a sudden, that red light that normally is there isn't there anymore. I'm not going to stop for it because there's no law telling me that I could, that I could, that I have to stop. But the law showed mankind their sin nature. And what Jesus did, he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled it. So now, guess what? Those laws are God's promises when he, because he, he fulfilled it. He's the only one 
who was sinless, he fulfilled it for us. And by that blood that was shed, he took away our sin nature. Now, the thing is, people say, oh, no, but we still sin. We fall short. We have faults. But when we believe that Jesus Christ cleansed us from our sin, we don't have a sin nature. So we, he does say we do fall short. And what do we do? We confess our faults one to another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We have an advocate. You know, we might, like, break fellowship kind of with God by, by not walking in Christ consciousness and the, and the character of Christ. Of course, that happens sometimes. But that does, that does, that's not coming from a sin nature. It's coming from us not renewing our mind to who we are in Christ. And that's why he says in Romans 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and excellent will of God. Our minds still are carnal. He didn't, when, when we, he gave us a brand new Holy Spirit, he did not automatically change our minds because that's where free will comes in. And he is always going to have vessels that operate with free will. And that free will is choosing to believe and walk into God's promises or no and just keep on your merry way doing whatever the heck you want to do without and that's that's fine because that also is God's gift of free will and free choice but let me tell you the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the greatest story ever told it's the, it is history, history, it, true history, going back to the beginning of mankind. And I believe that's where the word history comes from. Take it apart. His story is true history. So, praise the Lord. Um, I would hope that people get encouraged to just simply believe because the, he says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And without, without Jesus Christ, all of mankind is perishing and will not have life everlasting in the realm of Jesus Christ. But he says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who believe it is the power of God unto salvation. And, and it's, a, it's just a simple thing of accepting the gift. And, and that's the, the, the message. The message of salvation is we were sinners. Jesus came to shed his blood to cleanse us from sin. And it's a free gift. Do you want it or you don't want it? 
It's a simple message, but God's word has power to transform us. Some people are going to hear the word and, and receive the word with gladness and bring forth much fruit. And, you know, like the parable of the sower, some people are going to receive it, and it depends on our, the soil of our heart. You know, if it's like stony ground, it's not going to really thrive, you know. And, but he says if it's on good soil, it will bring forth much fruit unto righteousness and to the praise of his glory. That's the whole thing. The whole point of why he wants us to be his beautiful, holy, blameless vessels in this earth is not, not for us although it does benefit us, but it's to give him glory. It's, we are his masterpiece, his, his showcase, masterpieces, vessels of honor. And even though we have these earthen vessels, he says he has filled us with the excellency and power of himself within these earthen vessels. And it's a mystery. It's not like you could, somebody could do a biopsy or um, what is that called when, I forgot the word, when people, do autopsy. You can't do an autopsy and see the spirit and the seed of, of God's Holy Spirit. It's like, take a seed, because it's, it's incorruptible seed is what it is that is within us. And think of it in the natural. You can't take an apple seed and try to dissect it and say, oh, there's the life. I see it. It's right there. No, because the life is within the seed itself. And that's also what it is. The seed of, of, the seed of Christ is within us. And it Granted, it is a mystery, and I love it, because we don't have to understand all mysteries, but by in humbleness of heart, we can receive the goodness of God in our hearts. So, that is the message of what causes us to rejoice. Amen. Amen. Great message today. Uh, Sister Betsy, if people would like to reach you in your ministry, is there a way they can do that? Yes. Um, you could call me on my cell phone, which is 518-368-9374. And my email is my first and last name, which I'll spell B-E-T-S-Y-P-E-L-L-I-T-T-E-R-I at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on today, Sister Betsy. Look at your schedule and uh, text me when you get time and get me the next date you'd like to speak. be honored to have you back. It would be an honor to be back. So thank you, Brother Shannon. Thank you, Betsy. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye. That was Betsy Pelletieri. And in the first hour, we had... Robert and Svetlana Avila. I'll be getting both these shows up uh, quickly. Also, you'll notice if you go into the archives of Podbean that I'm beginning to put uh, some of the reloaded broadcast up there. I've decided just to make it simple. 
and um, put everything on Podbean. I'm no longer going to upload shows to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, in fact, all archives are going to be on Podbean, omegaman.podbean.com. And once you get there, of course, you'll see a list of uh, some platforms that will pick up the Podbean feed. So you can still find the shows on places like iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, etc. But in terms of the hub, where everything is going to be uploaded, it's going to continue to be on Podbean. So omegaman.podbean.com, or you can get the Podbean app, which is pretty nice. And uh, if you have any questions on uh, where we're located on the web, you can always go to omegamanradio.com. Uh, I'll be updating it later today. Make sure the links are current. And uh, so that's for our MP3s. I am resurrecting YouTube. Now, that's a whole different animal out there. And there are people that uh, we want to try to reach on YouTube that for some reason don't know about these other platforms or don't use them. Well, we'll see if we can survive over there. We're on, I think, a seventh or eighth channel. I forget. But um, in terms of MP3, just straight MP3, podbean.com. Okay. Um, I will keep Blog Talk, though, for doing live shows. So you can continue to listen to our live shows on Blog Talk is another option for those that don't uh, want to use MixLR or our IceCast server, which are also available. And we need Blog Talk for taking open line calls. So we'll continue with that. It's just not going to be an archive anymore. Okay. Um, if you want to reach me again, OmegaManRadio.com. We've got an email there. If, if God puts on your heart to support this ministry, I just want to thank you in advance. You can do so right there. And um, the programs are free to listen to, free to download. And uh, again, thank you for those that feel this network so we continue to make it so. Um, let's take a break. I'm going to save this program. We'll be back in just a minute. Stand by for a reset. 